110 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan on the football field. We don't want to coach average. We do want to win because winning is the epitome of team effort. Every coach who ever put a whistle around their neck strives to be the head coach at The Ohio State University. Welcome back, everybody. Buckeye Bar Guys here on Buckeye Bar Talk. I'm Mike. And I'm John. And uh, first time in a while we've been doing this type of the show. The Bar Guys yeah. are back. Give it here. Yeah. Pump Pump it. <laughs> <laughs> live show here and for, well not really a live show but you know it'd be a lot more exciting if we didn't live like 10 minutes away from each other and saw each other all the time yeah but, yeah so but uh, here but, we are together again yeah so tuesday august 9th uh the date today uh 2022 officially uh 25 days until uh the game until the game against Notre dame it'll be 24 days once you guys probably start hearing this so uh Hopefully, hopefully yeah. the editing software, everything gets it yeah. is working good tonight. So. Yeah. The audio should be up like last week, but it took a, <laughs> took a few minutes to get the, whatever the, the program, our pro editing programs were not having a good time last week. Um, and but, I have no issues with Adobe. It was just one bad week. So hopefully it doesn't linger. Yeah. All right. So uh big show we're going to go over today. So we're going to talk uh, basically uh, go over the commitment we just had, which was hopefully going to start a nice uh positive rolling in uh uh for uh commitments uh after that a uh, little rough july maybe a better august would be nice here mm-hmm. um and uh we, some uh conference news it seems like the tv deals are uh getting finalized so some interesting stuff there and then uh just going to talk about the start of camp um we had a uh, several press conferences over the last several days um, so we'll go over through some of those and just kind of the stuff that's just been texted out from different media members and stuff like that. So a lot of interesting stuff. So uh, first on the commitment. So uh, we got a 2023 uh, uh, yep. linebacker, Arvell Reese from Glenville. Uh, so restarting that pipeline. <laughs> He's uh, actually from Euclid. And then uh, so he what transferred, you said last year, he transferred. Into- I, yeah, I believe last year was his first year with Glenville. Glenville yeah. So. Uh, so that was a big get. Uh, he's six four. He's a big dude. Uh, very athletic. So uh, pretty exciting about that. Uh, you know, it's good to get a seems like a very talented in-state kid uh, that should have no problem. Uh, hopefully, mixing in with the the rest of the team and uh, you know to bring that some of that Glenville uh, pride back to the uh, to the team. It's, it seems like it's been a really long time since we've had a. Uh, a Glenville kid. On it, the, it really has. Yeah. I mean, I don't even, after Cardale, I mean, who, who can you think of that really stands out? I'm sure there's one or two on the team, but yeah. I, didn't they get a, didn't they get a safety in there? I really don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. They might've. Yeah. I, I can't remember, but it's, yeah, it's, it's been a long time. It seems like since uh we've gotten uh, the Glenville kid, but uh I mean, they've had a long, uh, history of performing you know at ohio state so uh like i said he looks uh he looks the part uh, mm-hmm. i got to see a little bit of different things some people shared so yeah. i think he's gonna be you know he seems like he's pretty tough kid uh with all that he hits, man. He he hits. very hard <laughs> it reminds you of a glenville kid so i mean that's uh that's good and definitely uh 
type of attitude that went on the defense. Uh, you know, it seems like, uh, you know, I love getting kids in there that, you know, they just have that mindset coming in from high school because, you know, at least, you know, they have the toughness about them and stuff like that. So uh, that's a, that's a big deal. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like you were saying, Glenville kids, you know, they're tough. They've always played tough for Ohio state. They seem to genuinely love Ohio state. So they, they play hard for the school. They want to be there. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's a good pickup. Um, I don't think he's as much of a project as what, you know, different sites have him as. I mean, he's a four star on some places. So I think I think some places recognize, you know, how good he is. Uh, I have read and saw people say that they believe with his frame that he might end up like a defensive end, though. That's like I was wondering that Which, because if he's athletic is perfect for the jack position yeah yeah it definitely would fit with the defense when i saw how tall he was and you know he's he's a big you know he's a yeah. big six four two so i mean like i'm like yeah, yeah i think he could his body could grow into a jack type position um you know and i think that jack is just gonna you know do a lot of different uh help you get a lot of different looks and mm -hmm. depending on different types of body sizes and stuff i think and you know that's kind of something like even, you know, Knowles has kind of hinted at before, you know, it affords you to move a lot of different types of people, possible, uh, you know, rotations in there, because sometimes you maybe want them, all, you know, a little smaller and faster. Sometimes you maybe you want them a little bit bigger. It just kind of depends. So I definitely, definitely think his size could definitely fit into, uh, um, you know, that type of position. What did I, I think I was at six, four, two twenty. Yeah. I think right now he's like, they have him, I think, listed like 6'4", 220. I think I, I heard from someone, I think Ted Ginn Sr. said he's like 6'4", 230 right now. So, mm -hmm. I mean, he's a little bit bigger than what they have him listed on some of those, um, on some of the sites. But, yeah, I mean, he's right around that range at this moment. And, you know, going into his senior year, so you think he's going to grow a little bit more, mm -hmm. obviously, throughout this year. Because I'm pretty sure he's only 16 right now. Yeah. And then when he gets to Ohio State, obviously, you know, body by Mick, he'll he'll fill out to where he needs to be. Yeah. Yeah. And they got him ranked. So rivals uh, composite has him 277 nationally. Okay. So not a bad pickup at all. Nope. Um, and then it seemed like, you know, so, you know, speaking also on recruiting, uh, there's been a lot of different uh, reports, you know, uh, uh, about Dijon, whether he was going to recommit or not, uh, nothing on that, those fields yet. Uh, there's, it seems like, um, the safety that Bonzu seems like he's, you know, maybe leaning towards committing, possibly trending back. Uh, so that, you know, that's a good sign, uh, after losing, uh, Caleb downs, it seems like that that's kind of been like the full court press was on him. So, you know, again, we, we talked about this last week, so much of this, it starts September 3rd. Uh, some of these coaches uh, just need a, a chance to shine a little bit. And yeah. I think they're fine. So, um, well, if you can't win every five star, you know, you get back in with the four stars you had and get the best kids into your class. So, ma'am, you know, it is, I mean, getting Jaden Bonsu is not a failure whatsoever. No. Obviously, no. it hasn't happened yet, but. Yeah. Yeah, if they could pull that one, then that's uh that would be a big get for them. So, and it seems like everything's trending well right now. So, you know, I mean, recruiting has always been crazy. It's gotten crazy crazier since yeah, you sure. know name, image, and likeness came into play. So, you know, you're trending one way one day, and then next week, you know, 
<laughs> yeah, I think transfer portals made it crazier too because kids realize that hey you know I can go somewhere I really want to or maybe I really want to go somewhere but I also want to stay home so I can weigh this decision for a year before you know maybe stay home see if I like it a lot yeah. or maybe vice versa maybe you know go out on my own and then if I don't like it transfer back home so yeah I mean there's a lot of different factors that make recruiting crazier than what it was yeah everything's crazier now you know you're trending one way for you know how many months and then just out of nowhere without even them being in your top five you sign with Texas so <laughs> things happen um all right so uh moving along uh so we were going to talk about so the big time media stuff is like really come to a head now it seems like that the deal could be finalized any day now um so it seems like uh i mean this has an official official this is coming though from a lot of different reports uh with pretty good sources and now they've kind of all sourced each other that seems like espn is officially out of the running uh for the big 10 um so you know the big 10 uh big 10's basically been with abc slash you know espn since i believe like 84 85 somewhere in there it's been basically 40 years so uh i mean that's pretty crazy i mean i've grown up my whole life watching the buckeyes basically be on abc (laughs) Right. Or ESPN, you know, one of the years when ESPN took more of a direct role and, you know, having the bigger games be on ESPN. But, you know, you always Ohio State's always been on those. I mean, until recently when Fox, you know, really took them over. Um, So, I mean, that's crazy in its own right. It's interesting how that is going forward. I mean, ESPN has basically built their entire network on being the college football network. and. You know, they don't have a uh, they don't have they have one NFL game a week. You know, they don't have a a lot of talent, you know, dedicated to the NFL outside. You know, they have primetime and all that stuff and, you know, countdown and stuff like that. But they've had how many crews dedicated to college? I mean, they have the most college crews out of anywhere. So it's just it's weird to think that uh, they're not going to be on. ESPN anymore. Absolutely. I mean, that's a part of our childhood. You know, you grow up, um, I mean, Musburger and Danielson back in the day. And, you know, I always remember them calling very not exciting Michigan games. <laughs> I mean, there there were some good ones in there too. And then um, of course, you know, Keith Jackson was the voice of the Rose Bowl that went into Brent Musburger. Yeah. I don't is Brent still the voice of the Rose? Who does it now? It's uh Still Fowler? Fowler and uh Herbie. Well, I know Fowler's on the but who does the introduction? Oh. Is that Fowler? Or do they, they just have, have a, do they have like a guest narrator? They may have now? a guest narrator, or it's Fowler. It's one or the other. Yeah. yeah, I mean it was just it's been a part of our childhood and you know, growing up loving the Buckeyes, but I also gotta say, I mean, I don't I have no allegiance to NBC or CBS whatsoever. I do like the Fox crew a lot. Gus and Joel are my favorite too in the game. Yeah. Um I guess, you know, gun to my head. Who's with um Blackledge now? Oh, is it Shamidano? I mean, they were my second favorite were Patrick and Blackledge, but yeah. They are, you know, that's not a thing anymore. But yeah, I mean, that's that's I mean, they're probably, you know, 
Herb Street and Fowler might have been my second favorite crew. I don't know, but I never like <laughs> Fowler. I don't know. He could be a weasel sometimes. Uh, to be, I mean, to be honest, but I always thought that when when they moved uh, when they moved Musburger off that crew, and they had I love Musburger and Herbie. Yeah, when they had Fowler. When Fowler took over, and nothing against Fowler, he's okay. Buckeye fans give him more heat than he probably deserves. But I mean, I don't like how he calls games. I wish he was still just doing game day. And uh, <laughs> you could you can tell when Ohio State's losing in a game that he's calling when his hatred for the Buckeyes come out. It yeah. is so evident. Yeah, uh, you could probably say a lot about the same about all of them, but. They all love talking about Ohio State, so you know they'll be interesting going forward. I always thought they should have tried harder to keep Nestler and uh, put him with because Nestler was actually with Blackledge for a little bit. He actually they're the ones that called the oh that's what I meant yeah yeah they're the ones that called the Alabama Ohio State Patrick, game, yeah. game in uh, in twenty fourteen. So I kind of wish they would have tried harder to keep Nestler and put him with her because he's with Danielson now, yeah. right? Yeah, so Vern retired and yeah, he's at CBS now. Yeah, so. Which, you know, they might be, depending on what happens the next, if he decides the Danielson move. has to get replaced soon. I'm sorry. And I'm not going after anyone's career or not, but the headshots as a quarterback, they're definitely catching up with the guy. Like, I mean, he says some off the wall crap about like, what what do you say about Joe Burrow a couple of years ago? Like much different than playing for Jim Trussell. This isn't Trussell ball or something yeah. where Urban Meyer was the coach for that. You yeah. know, Urban Meyer wasn't even the coach anymore. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure that was in 2019 that he made the comment. So we're on to Ryan day now, but Urban Meyer was the only coach Joe Burrow ever knew or had at Ohio yeah. state. Yeah. It's been with several years that Trussell was gone from Ohio state. I mean, he didn't even recruit Joe. Burrow. Right. <laughs> Joe Burrow is, I mean, at that point, 18, I don't know. Cause he comes in what 15 Trussell's gone in 11. Right. Yeah. So what is it? 13, 14 when Trussell's gone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah, that was a little bit. I do like. I made a comment on uh, on Twitter. I do because I remember when he left ABC, how cocky he was when uh, you know that he was part of the OCC now, and he was just always with. All, you thought people thought he took shots of the Buckeyes when he was on ABC. You know, it's mm-hmm. like those shots always. He always took more shots. Uh, you know, Ohio State. Who they? This is the OCC. Who are Ohio State playing to be in? I mean, he would make more shots about Ohio State than anybody that was outside the SEC. So it would be kind of funny having to watch him uh, crawl his way back into. The man definitely took too many shots to the head when he was playing football. Is all I know. Yeah. And I'm sorry, he needs he needs replaced though. There's an up and comer that needs to take his spot. Yeah. So back, I mean, just back on this. So the interest. So. You know, Fox is basically going to keep what Fox is doing. They're going to get the first pick of the A games uh, through, you know, it's basically a draft selection. But our two partners now, it seems like it's going to be CBS and NBC are going to be the following one. So CBS is going to be a 330 game and, uh, you know, primetime is going to be NBC. And then, you know, and the crazy thing is they're all exclusive to their time period. So you know, CBS and NBC will not have another Big Ten game on at noon. And Fox and NBC won't have a Big Ten game on at 3.30. And Fox and CBS won't have a Big Ten game on at 8. So it's like that's basically the only – there's going to be one primetime Big Ten game in all three slots. And then where the filling comes in, where they get filled around, is going to be – it seems like Peacock is going to get some games – so NBC owns Peacock, and so those will be exclusive to Peacock. 
uh, BTN seems like, then they will get some games and FSN will get some games. So that's kind of how everything will fill in after that. So, you know, there'll be three main Big Ten games every week. And then with the other three networks just mentioned, we'll kind of get the fill-ins where, you know, they fill in. So there could be a BTN game up against Fox or a BTN game up against CBS. But, you know, the three big ones are the three big ones. So what I'm hearing is there's not going to be a Big Ten after dark when they're in L.A.? Nope, it doesn't seem like that. It seems like if uh, if it falls on one of those games, it will be prime time on NBC, which, you know, I'm sure, you know, but NBC was probably looking at that and it's like they'll get some shots at USC, UCLA. And, yeah, you know, sure. the, they'll, you know, that will be uh, kind of a big get, you know, and, you know, I know a lot of Buckeye fans are like, great, you know, Ohio State's still going to be playing a lot of new games, which, yes, yeah, true, but, you know, the way I understand it is similar to what the the picks are now is that, you know, Fox gets the first pick, then whoever between CBS and NBC gets a second pick and third pick will be the other one. And then goes back to Fox and they get the next pick. So I, I expect when those all go down, a lot of the Ohio state games will get picked very off the board really fast. So, you know, Ohio state, Michigan will still continue to be a noon game um, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But when you think about USC coming in now and, you know, we'll talk about a second, possibly what could happen with Notre Dame because the NBC angle is very interesting now that, uh, you know, they will, there's going to be a pretty, cause I mean, you think about it, even when Ohio state's playing a Nebraska at noon on Fox, you know, a lot of weeks, you know, who's Michigan playing, who's Michigan State? They're usually playing some good schools in there too. Cause there's now, there's some now legitimate programs kind of around the conference. And when you think about USC coming in, so there's going to be a pretty good game at each of the three time slots, you know, that a big name school and possibly two big name schools, if they're playing each other are, you know, in it. Yeah. I mean, I guess where ESPN always came in, you know, nice is that they had so many channels that, you know, you could be in the situation where Ohio state and Wisconsin are playing at the same time and we could watch both of them. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if I'm visualizing that right now that, but technically, I mean, uh, I mean, you still gotta be able to get, I mean, it's 2022. You gotta get everyone on TV. Like, yeah. Well, like, and that's where those other three networks come in that, you know? So, I mean, I mean, there could be a week where, you know, again, I, I'm assuming Ohio State is going to slot into one of the three spots. They would slot into one of the three spots every week with the, you know, I'm sure BTAN's going to get their Ohio State game because they're going to want Ohio State and Michigan and USC on there at least once. Right. Um, I'm sure Peacock is really going to push to get a couple of those. You know, that helps, you know, brand, you know, the streaming surface. If they can get an Ohio State versus Rutgers. Yeah, on Peacock, sure. you know, that's going to force people to go buy Peacock for, right. you know, so I'm assuming that will happen. Um, but, you know, I mean, you can still have, you know, say Ohio State, Penn State is on, you know, 3.30 on CBS. Well, FS1 could technically still have Wisconsin versus Iowa or yeah. something like that. But, you know, you would think that probably they would fall into one of the three, but you never know. I mean, Michigan could be playing Michigan State the same week. You know, USC could be playing whoever the same week. You know, they could be playing Nebraska. Maybe that's, you know, NBC wants that as the primetime game. I mean, there's just so many different now, like things that, you know, 
there are some big name schools that could still fall into those. Well, I mean, I would think with this, most likely Ohio State's not going to get a network C team working them either. Yeah. Is what I would figure. So yeah, that's a nice thing. Yeah. So, you know, I figure it'll be interesting to see how, because with Trico now doing um, NFL Sunday night, um, so I'm assuming he's off college. Um, So it'll be interesting who NBC brings in to you figure they're going to want to bring and, and they still have Notre Dame for a couple years till possibly that gets settled out. So you, you figure they're going to want to bring in some, another crew, uh, you know, but I figure they're going to spend money. I was assuming if they're going to spend $350 million on big 10 for basically one game and a couple Peacock games, possibly a week that they're going to try to, I, I would think that they're going to try to have, as big as a fanfare as they do for Sunday night NFL football, yeah. that they're going to want that to be a production. And, you know, CBS already is a production at three 30. I mean, they don't have much to change. They already have that. Right. So, right. Right. So, yeah. I mean, even if, you know, maybe Danielson's not there anymore, they just going to have to hire a color <laughs> guy. I mean, you know, I mean, they, they're already a well-oiled machine for having uh, the sec for how many years. So like, that's not a big deal. Um, it's crazy to think that, you know, the, the, this contract that's ending here in a year with the sec was only 55 million a year and they're going to be paying the big 10, 350 million also. So, right. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, crazy money, a lot of money, <laughs> like crazy money. So, I mean, Fox is, I mean, they're talking about the deal could be worth somewhere, you know, upwards of 1.5, you know, million or billion. So 700 million of that's coming from CBS and, NBC and so Fox will probably be filling out the rest and it's uh you know uh I saw um it was actually a thing that Nicole Auerbach shared or she put up on so wait you said 1.5 billion so that's kind of where the, that's so kinda, Fox is gonna shell out 800 million I guess we'll find out like I don't know but they get the, they're right they, am I doing they, the math right that sounds right to me yeah they I'm get, gonna say I'm right yeah, yeah I think that's right that's kind of, they said that's kind of the ballpark that they wanted in. So maybe it'd be a little less, but I mean, you know, in 2001, between the 11 big 10 schools, they got 7 million each from uh, their TV deals. And like uh, now they're going to be upwards of 80 plus million. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy money for, for 16 teams. So yeah, that's, good job, Kevin Warren, pat yourself on the back. Yeah. So that's, I mean, it's, just crazy to think about and espn the big 10 offered espn seven years at 380 million that's what they wanted from espn espn said no and so you know it'll be interesting now to see how espn fills out because yeah they have you know they have the sec network to look at and they got abc they got the two espns the sec network well you can't put all the sec games i mean so, I mean, I know they got the ACC too, but so now they're going to be looking for another partner. So, you know, is that the PAC 12? Because that's the other team. They have their deals up now too. So, I mean, it's just, and how much is that worth? Like, yeah, so. right. That's not really worth much anymore. Um, yeah, it's interesting. And then I, I mean, I read somewhere, this is in my own thought, but you know, game day on a big 10 campus is pretty stu- You know, it'd be pretty much a wasted idea now. Yeah. yeah. You would never do a college game day on a Big Ten campus, being that they have no affiliation with the Big Ten. The one time I saw that possibly there are two situations where I did hear or, you know, possibly as could be untrue is that 
even though they do have an affiliation with the SEC, so that kind of knocks it off, that they have done game days at the C- the CBS event. Yeah. CBS has had 330 games and even primetime games that ESPN's been there. Doesn't for. ESPN always, always go to the SEC championship? Yeah, I believe so, but I could be wrong on that one, but uh, they they have been in situations like that. You're also going to get situations like unless they change the schedules, Ohio state does play Alabama, yeah. Texas and Georgia in the upcoming years. So you're going to get cross games like that too. And you know, we're, you know, I'm just saying on your normal Ohio state's ranked top 10, Wisconsin's ranked top 10. Yeah. You're not going to get that. Game anymore. day is not going to be anywhere yeah. near the campus. Nope. Uh, they'll probably never, never see them at an Ohio state, Michigan again. Less who knows, especially Sayonara. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Who knows? I mean, just, yeah, crazy about stuff like that. So how much does that hurt? It doesn't hurt Ohio State, but how much does some of that hurt some of the other? Because, you know, they do have, I think the question comes down to how many people actually still watches ESPN's other shows. Compared. Yeah. I know game day gets a big thing, but does first take, does some of these other things really get any eyeballs where, you know, back in the day, you still had Sports Center playing all the time and, there was a lot of eyeballs on sports center. There's not really anymore. You know, you, a lot of that stuff, you know, you know what happened a million times over just because you have Twitter and YouTube and everything else nowadays. So it's like, you know, does any of these side programming that ESPN offer that kind of marketed to your team, does any of that stuff really matter anymore? Well, I mean, that's why shows like first take got to be so over the top with their opinions is because they don't have the thing that, you know, you, they don't deliver you sports first anymore because yeah. like you said, you saw what happened on Twitter a million times already. So you don't need to watch sports center to see anything. You've seen the highlights. Yeah. You don't need to see their cut up of it. You you saw a fans posted video of what happened or, you know, you saw like the live, you know, whatever broadcast <laughs> station was hosting it. They did a cut up of it yeah simultaneously and they already put it up on their twitter feed so. yeah the same with the team i yeah. mean you know when ohio state does a has a big touchdown or something like that the ohio state's football twitter page and facebook page it's up almost immediately that's, that's all they're it's already cutting up so like yeah. you know i mean you don't need the networks necessarily to market anymore so what's left is the live tv game and that's important that's what's with everything with streaming and everything like that and our world where you know you have a million streaming services because you have all kinds of different interests that you like to watch and stuff like that. Live sports has been the only one thing that they have not really been able to really capture in a way you've got to have live sports live. And right. So yeah. and that's kind of all that matters. And I think CBS and NBC realized that, that those are, they needed those time slots filled and they ponied up the cash. Well, I mean, you know, ESPN's not, they're not doing business with them, you know, with the sec. It's not, I mean, I guess, ESPN, they, they locked down full right. So yeah, SEC is not a player anymore. So the big players, Big Ten, and yeah. sink your money into it. Yeah. Well, locked up your spots. Yeah. So, yeah. So some of that stuff's interesting. We'll be see where. So we'll be watching some different crews over the next couple of years. Uh, it'll be, you know, a couple of the guys on ESPN I really liked, and some, a lot of them I didn't. And some of their, once you started getting down to some of the other crews, I'm not going to say who beth moments um that uh that uh you know i'm not uh i'll be looking forward to maybe seeing some uh just other takes and stuff like that but uh yeah i mean we'll see all right so let's get into actual uh buckeye camp uh so we had uh 
few press conferences over the well, last we week. had five practices already yeah i mean this is tuesday so we had three last week uh thursday friday saturday and this is day two of technically camp that and we got a scrimmage coming up on saturday we got a scrimmage on saturday they're in pads they're hitting each other we got an injury <laughs> like you know shit's real i mean that's yeah. like it's, it's here yeah so um so uh, we'll go through the press conference we'll, we're pretty much going to skip day's press conference this is the oldest uh that uh i mean he said some good things but a lot of head coach thing i, I got more out of uh you know all yeah, freaks preferences and fries press conference and then Knowles press conference today so you know i mean tony alford again i mean we've talked about this before just an absolute treasure listening to him i mean he's just he's so smart and he's just very articulate about you know what he's trying to say you know i could on demand his press conferences like i could a like a normal football game yeah his press conferences are really good uh i mean he's excited about his room and i mean who shouldn't be excited about it? Yeah, right, I mean, right. I mean, you arguably have one of the best running backs in the country, and then, oh, yeah, Mayan Williams is your backup, who arguably might be one of the best running backs in the country. And, you know, he's, he's slimmer, he's down six pounds. He, he, I mean, he doesn't look like he's, he still looks like a, a dude that can run the run you over. What's yeah. leaner than a pork chop? Because he's not a pork chop anymore. Yeah, I don't know. What's, but. A, what's a leaner cut? <laughs> I mean, is it a sirloin now? I don't know the, the beef. So sirloin. That's what we're going to call it. <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, no, he's, uh, I mean, I mean, they, I mean, you say he only lost six pounds. It looks like he lost 10 pounds, but yeah. uh, the pictures I saw, of him, he looks built as hell though. And uh, they're saying he's faster. And, Body by Marathi. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's how it normally is. I mean, it's crazy. Um, no. And yeah. Offered. He just, you know, you know, he, he had some really good quips, you know, about last year, just about how, you know, Trey, you know, basically, I mean, we all saw it. He wore himself down. Yeah. Know, so he hadn't played football in 18 months. I mean, and I know everyone said this already, so not going to focus too much on it, but he didn't play a senior season. And, you know, he, I know he came in early, but it was, I mean, it is what it is. He didn't play for over a year. Yeah. I mean, he loves football. He wanted to prove himself. And, uh, you know, he was, I mean, you got, as you know, as Coach Alford said, I mean, you got dudes on each side of you. And so, yeah, you're going to, I mean, competition's really, you know, is really pushes these guys. Yeah, sure. and that's, you know, true. And I think probably we saw a lot of that last year. He, I mean, he was in practice. He probably knows how good Mayan is. And, you know, I think he really pushed himself. And, you know, he wasn't really looking at maybe some of the finer points is that, you know, it's great when, if you get, if you break open, yeah, go hundred miles per hour and get to the end zone, get a touchdown. But you know, when you need to wait for your blocks, wait for your blocks. If you need to find your open hole, find your open hole. And I think this, some of those things that, you know, part of the reason is that he didn't play in a year. Part of the reason is he's in college. Now this is a lot different than uh, he was probably used to. I mean, probably in high school, he could be a second late going through a hole yeah. because you know, uh, you know, he was still going to get a touchdown because just that's how it just I, mentally and physically worn down. Yeah. And, and so I, you know, he touched on a lot on that. It's just, uh, you know, you know, when he joked and said, you know, he, you know, Trey was saying how he was tired or whatever. Yeah, after the, the Tulsa, Tulsa game. game. Yeah. He's like, well, you got about five minutes to because you're going to go practice. <laughs> like, so I thought that was pretty funny. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
and uh you know he talked uh you know he he talked a lot about evan Pryor too that you know they kind of have to see where they can get him in but you know he needs to play also and they need uh um you know, every one of these guys deserve, you know, raps and stuff like that, you know, and we've kind of talked about this before. I think the, you know, the majority of the reps definitely need to go to Trey um, with Mayan getting a, a bunch, but you know, those can be passing reps and running reps and uh, that, you know, they got to find a spots to get Evan in, but like they, they just can't make sure that they're trying to give the three of them equal timing that, you know, mm-hmm. you got to find your, you got to find whoever the whoever your back is, uh, and you know maybe that's if my if if that game's Mayan's game, if he's like if he's the hot hand of the day, maybe that's how you do it. I don't know, but uh, you know, it's kind of my opinion on it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you're right. You got to find that balance between you know who's hot and who's your best player and who gets the most touches and situational too. So, um, different things go into that, but. I, no. I think they can navigate it. I really do. No. I mean, even when you talk about like JK Dobbins and Mike Weber that like 2018 just didn't look right when they tried to do the split every, you know, every series, JK Dobbins still finished with over a thousand yards mm-hmm. and Mike Weber was somewhere, I think North of 800. Yeah. You know? they were, they were I mean, close. they were both close to a thousand yards. No. So I know it wasn't like, it wasn't the prettiest cause it didn't seem dominant. It almost actually kind of seemed like last year where you couldn't pick up, you know, like, the third and twos and the fourth and one. It's like the, the yardage that you assume Ohio state's going to get. It was almost like they couldn't do it that year either. Um, which I actually probably segue beautifully into our next coach, but yeah. I don't know if we're there yet or not. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that they'll, they'll figure that out, but it is necessary. And even when it wasn't pretty, it still almost got you 2000 yards. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anything else? I mean, I'm trying to think. I I loved a lot of the different things he said. Just now it's been a couple of days since uh, his press conference. He said, uh, well, he did talk about Dallin Hayden. He got a lot of questions about Dallin Hayden. I don't know if just people want to know about the kid or not. He just, he just got here. I mean, he, he wasn't, yeah. he wasn't early enrollee, but uh, he did say that he goes a hundred miles per hour every play, which sounds like a Tennessee brethren of his master Teague. <laughs> yeah. If you ask me kind of reminds me of master Teague. He came in all, you know, definitely takes his workouts very seriously. Probably he's going to continue taking his workouts very seriously. So probably going to look like a Mr. Olympia when he leaves <laughs> just like master Teague did. Yeah. Um, but he, the difference, he, I think he did mention though, like Dallin might be a little bit ahead of maybe where like Trey was or Evan was when they came in last year because he got to play a senior year yeah. of high school football. So yeah. interesting. I don't, I mean, obviously I think you and I are in agreement that if we're seeing a lot of Dallin Hayden this year, it's a bad thing. Yeah. That, you know, we're not expecting a lot of him, even probably in garbage time. Cause you got to get Evan Pryor, his touches. Yeah. Um, but you know, if you're seeing a lot of him in garbage time, you know, great, fine. Get the kid ready in case you need him down the road. But if you're seeing him a lot of meaningful snap, that's, that's really bad. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, whether he's, I mean, I don't know even how much in garbage time we'll see him, but you know, that makes me think of one thing I I did want to mention about what coach day said in his press conference, you know, I mean, I think that was like probably the first time he's really been really honest about the whole situation. He's, you know, he's never tried to make excuses about like last year from going from 2020, but kind of mentioned, he's like, you know, 2020, we didn't blow out some of the teams that 
you know, we should have ended up blowing out, you know, and kids didn't get their reps and kids didn't get their reps. And that put them in a weird position last year coming off the COVID season. And, you know, the difference is now a lot of, they have a lot of kids that have gotten a lot of reps. So, you know, and going back to the running back room, I mean, even Evan Pryor, I mean, Evan Pryor got in a decent amount last year, yeah. if you really think about it. So, I mean, he's played big boy college football. And uh, so, and Trey and Mayan have played a lot of big boy oh, college. Sure, yeah. So like that really makes you feel good that, you know, as long as it, the next group we're going to talk about really gets into their uh, back into where, what we expect of Ohio state linemen and be able to get those third and shorts and stuff like that. This whole situation is fine. Oh yeah. <coughs> All right. Lyman. Uh, man, coach Fry, man, I'm, <laughs> I like the guy we're hearing. So a lot has come out this week about just how intense he is and he's up there and he's showing them. And he's doing the drills with the guys he has and, them hitting the sleds, which like, no one does. And so hopefully that's a good thing. And then you hear him talk and it's like, well, yeah, I can see this guy has actually been actually mixing it up with him a little yeah. bit. <laughs> like he, he comes off as a uh, intense, but he's intelligent. He's uh again, another very articulate coach. He was uh I mean, I just absolutely loved what I heard from him I, and I'm loving what I'm hearing about the depth and stuff like that. And I even like when, you know, so basically, you know, Friars back. So they have a good solid backup five behind, you know, the, the starting five. And then, you know, there's been a lot of talk about all the new freshmen were kind of starting off in tackles. And then, you know, and a lot of people had questions about that. Are you these tackles, you know, what's going on? And I, I mean, I absolutely loved his answer when he's talking about like, you know, I want to, you know, you kind of like teaching them the speed of the game first, you know, being out there on an Island all by yourself against a defensive end, and then you move them in to deal with the physicality right. of it. And, you know, I, I guess I never really thought about that. I mean, I was just assuming and, you know, and this might still be part of the reason is that the tackle depth is, you know, a little bit more scarier than the guard. That's depth. still part of the reason. I mean, it has so, to be like, but at least I liked the way he, how he put it and yes, stuff. He thought on his feet. He had a good answer for he, it. I mean, it was well thought out. So I think that has to be partially true. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I think it is. That's just, that's the way he prefers to teach is to see if he has a tackle first. If not, move them in and they can mix it up, you know, be physical, be guards. And yeah. which I mean, it's kind of always, in, you know, see if someone can do the spot of tackle, because especially if you don't have the depth, I mean, that's definitely yeah. more important. Yeah. Um, you know, he had a, you know, good things to say about, uh, you know, both uh, the tackles and uh, that it sounds like, you know, Paris is, uh, you know, those years at guard, you know, it seems like he's showing up looking good yeah, and tackle and he's getting right back into being a tackle you know riding like riding a bike that he's picking up where he left off in high school so that's i mean that's that's a good thing dwan's down weight 10 and, pounds uh, he's down to 364 that was his target weight <laughs> apparently so yeah, that's so, good um and uh yeah and you know fry i mean he basically he just said he's like you know he's not the type of, yeah he you know, if he screams at the guys, you know, he wants to, but he wants to be able to tell him what he's doing, Ron. And so much of it, he's like that. He he really loves that, you know, he's getting on them, but then they're doing the right thing on the next play. Right. So like, and I, you know, I think that was probably, you know, a lot of the issue last year with stud that, you know, he just got to a point in his health that he couldn't really kind of mix it up and he didn't have the energy necessary to, 
demonstrate you know, demonstrate some of that stuff and you know and it's just different now and again this is one of the positions that i've said that once they get really get going and stuff like that i think i think this guy can sell a high school kid to come play at ohio state he's got the energy to be able to do it so yeah. like after i listened to him the other day i'm just like yeah they just need to prove themselves and then he will be fine yeah and i mean <clears throat> the way it seems also is um you know, from what I've heard is he, he, yeah, he yells, he's very energetic, but you know, the kids can handle it, but it sounds like he yells loudest when they do something good. Like, you know, he's always there to let them know when they did something right. And if they did something wrong, he demonstrates for him. He lets them know. He's like, watch me, watch me do this, shows them what they do. And then they get it the next play. And then they know what they're doing. And Fry, his whole thing is, you know, it's all repetition. He likes to do, you know, he hits the sleds because he wants this all to be muscle memory because he says, you know, these are tools that need to be in your toolbox. So when things aren't working, you can like kind of go back and think about your fundamentals and, you know, how am I going to make this play? I've kind of struggled up to this point. Let me think about when I've done something right before when, you know, whether it be in practice, another game. No. But, and, you know, all that muscle memory and repetition is what builds that in someone's mind. So, and that's what he, that's what he's trying to get with these kids is just um, get them to a point where, you know, they can go back in a game instead of like beating themselves down and, you know, making mistakes over and over because they're stressed out that, you know, they might not be winning every rep in the game that they can stop and say, okay, you know, what do I need to do to fix this? And it's just, they have it there. Yeah. And you know, we, how many, how many of these coaches use the cliche about the toolbox all the time? Like, you know, Larry Johnson talks about it all the time. Mm -hmm. Bryce talking about the toolbox all the time, but it's absolutely true. Yeah, exactly. Um, definitely seems like he's, uh, he's definitely, uh, liking the physicality he's seeing especially from the middle that and you know that was really a big thing that i think as the we year, can say it we could as it, the year it was went, missing last it was year. missing was definitely missing last year and you know pass protection was great and uh you know you definitely tell that probably matt jones should have been in there last year you know and but i mean he he's there this year and yeah. uh he's i mean from everything we're hearing from both you know coach fry talked about it the other day to you know, just some of the reports coming out from camp is he's looking really good. You know, he's mixing it up. And he, I mean, we saw him play two years ago, though. So I, I have no doubt of oh, what yeah. he can do. And so, uh, and Donovan Jackson sound like he's doing great also. Yeah. He was, he, I mean, he was getting mentioned last year and you, you know, probably should have got more playing time last year at a point. Kinda like it was kind of like 18 with like Wyatt Davis. That's yeah. like, should have got in sooner. Yeah. So I definitely uh, think that, uh, I think the line's going to be fine from, I mean, I know again, you got to prove it, right? You got to see it on the field. You got to see it. I, on the I feel good from what I've heard, but yeah. again, nothing is proven until it's proven. Yeah. Um, anything else uh, you want to hit on with fry and the line, you know, he had a really good press conference too, but I'm just not like, I'm not, I'm not like particulars aren't hitting me right now. So yeah. no, I think we can move on. All right. Uh, so coach oh, he, he did say he thinks Luke Whipler, I believe he said he thinks he could be elite. Yeah, he did say that. Um, Which I mean, I think, I think he could. Also, I know he had some games last year that snaps got a little rough um, on him. Like it wasn't even like it wasn't bad snaps. It wasn't like more like his snap count. Like yeah, the rest of the line would go and he wouldn't. Yeah, he would snap it too late. Yeah, so, no, I think clean he, that up. He'll, he'll be, be fine. fine. I mean, yeah, honestly, that's outside the 
run blocking. That's the mistakes the lady had last year on the offensive line is just that's the biggest thing. I mean, they had the a, false starts were they killers. They had and holds like yeah, they had a lot of bad. I hope that stuff gets cleaned up. And that and that's that's important. So hopefully that stuff is getting beaten into yeah, them and stuff like that. that. That definitely all needs to be cleaned up this year. Yeah. All right. And then coach Knowles talk today, uh, defensive stuff. Um, and uh, so get the first thing out of the way. So it sounds like Jordan Hancock is, uh, you know, it's Jordan. Hancock. Yeah. yeah. He um, is hurt right now. Um, so there's been some reports that is what a calf that and he pop- did practice like half speed. So yeah. he, he didn't leave the field. So I don't know. Yeah. We, no one knows. But so, I mean, that's the concern just because of the lack of the depth on the, you know, you got some good guys at the top. But then as you, you know, they possibly have a good really four. And but, you really you you think coming into this year that he could be a really good, you know, addition yeah. to that cornerback room. And it's always, you know, you, you think back to like back to Lattimore and stuff like that, you know, if some of those injuries that are in your, your muscles and your legs, you know, those, they, they can just be linger. They can linger and stuff like that. And take so, years away from you. So hopefully that it, it doesn't, it's just, you know, maybe he just tweaked it a little bit and he'll be fine. You just need to, you know, keep getting it stretched out and massaged and all that other stuff and make sure you're well hydrated yeah. and everything like that. So, and it sounds like Cam Martinez and Johnson done that they're working over with, um, the cornerbacks a little bit yeah add some depth yeah and i i mean we're hearing a lot of good things have been coming out about cam uh with uh him playing in that nickel safety spot so it's the one spot i think he he would do fine you know maybe they have to you know change up a little bit and different things just uh you know make sure if he would you know have to be an outside corner you know, maybe you 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 try to go more of a field boundary type thing or whatever to help him Kid's out a great athlete but he is a good athlete so i mean we'll see what happens um hopefully hancock's not too uh you know not too beat up after a couple of days uh going half speed and stuff like that he'll feel better um you know i've always been really intrigued and you know Knowles talked about this a little bit today just a you know i've I didn't know how I felt about having such a centric safety of the defense. I mean, there's a lot of teams that run four, two fives, but not a lot of teams have basically safeties are basically what dictate how the defense, uh, yeah, kind of does and stuff like that, you know, and it's just really growing. I mean, how he explains it and just, you know, and you, when you think about it, safeties are probably the most versatile players on the field you know they can do especially in the back end they can do so much you know they're good against the run they're good against the pass you know they're you know just different things right and And linebackers are getting smaller nowadays too yeah and i just faster small you know more athletic guys you know and i yeah and i like how he was talking about because we talked about this um you know he talked about you know you know, he was asked if he, they're going to run a lot of possibly run a lot of four, three against Notre Dame. He's like, yeah, we're working on it. But, you know, I think that, you know, court Williams could be kind of uh and Lantham Rayson could ransom. It could be uh kind of a uh, big safeties that play more, you well, know, Court Williams is absolutely built that he could be, <laughs> yeah. you know, an outside linebacker. So, and, and he just says, you know, that keeps us in our, our package. So, that's hard to, you know, yeah. you don't know kind of what we're going to be doing. And so when, you know, 
if we're in the four three, we're not in our base, you know, our base defense. And this helps keep them in their base defense. So I liked a lot of the, that. Um, you know, I loved what he said about the defensive line. Like he's, I mean, he's talking about he's like, these guys are getting after it in practice. He's like, it doesn't matter who's going there right now. That, uh, you know, they're all, you know, they're really mixing it up with the offense right now. And, you know, they're getting stops and they're looking good. And I mean, and he said straight up, he's like, we're going to unleash them. And, yeah. you know, that, and that's kind of been missing. It seems like outside of chase, you know, a couple of years ago that, you know, have they lived up to their potentials, a defensive line. No. And so, and I think if they can kind of get back to kind of what you think of LJ's lines and not saying that these guys have been, underperforming in anybody i mean they've just had they're just not consistent i mean i have a hard time with like 2020 putting a lot of blame on anything just because of how freaking weird that year was i mean if you look at the game against clemson that line was dominant and then you know tyreek smith got after trevor lawrence tommy got after trevor lawrence and then coop almost got him if he didn't get him once like they got after clemson in that game so I think the defensive line, you know, it didn't obviously, you know, they weren't like what they had done in 2019 with Chase Young, but it was such a weird year last year. I'm going to go ahead and just kind of blame just, you know, that they weren't in position on the defense. Just everything schematically was crazy with the defense last year. So, yeah, I think they did. They have fallen off what you expect out of them, but I'm not sure if it's kind of like, fool's gold going the other way though that you know they it's like oh they're really falling apart they're not what they used to be and it's kind of like eh, you know m- for maybe one year they weren't you can't really count that other year yeah i i heard a good comparison on one of the um uh podcasts from you know one of the 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 beat reporters the other day that they were just said that you know, it kind of reminds them a lot of the 2017 defensive line. Yeah, and, I can see that. And that's, I mean, we, I think we talked about that a little bit like a week or two ago that that's kind of like what I'm thinking of them. You know, I mean, yes, Nick Bosa was on that defensive line, but he wasn't, you know, I mean, we kind of thought that was going to be last year too. And it did not happen. Yeah. You know, well, you, you got, but Sawyer is a year older now. You Bit got much bigger too. Yeah. Uh, Tuamala is a year older now. You know, hopefully Friday can stay healthy. You know, you know, Devonte John Baptiste. If is this Harrison's year to finally like break through? Right. Like so, I mean, there's a lot of possibilities. Plus, they're so loaded defensive tackle wise. I mean, the depth is there. It's just they gotta, you know, kind of they gotta get consistent and stuff like that. And I know you have two kids that weren't early enrollees, but they might be able to contribute in garbage time. Yeah. Kenyatta Jackson and Mario Abor. Yeah, and a lot of people, and you know, there's they, they've got some good things been talked about to them. I think the biggest thing that we need to see from this defensive line, and like when you know Knowles talks about that they need to be unleashed, is that you know I loved a lot of the different pressures we saw last year coming from the tackles and stuff like that we need to see the pressures coming back from the ends and right. like, you know, yeah, I don't have a problem with Tyleek Williams or hall or whoever Vincent coming up the middle and sacking a quarterback every now and then. But it seems like the last couple of years, cause you know, it, it was Haskell and Togi prior to that. It's like, we kind of got to get back to like, you know, the defensive one ends are the ones, the edges are the ones that are, you know, doing all the racking. Right. It seems like it makes it just all more disruptive when those guys are just blowing past the tackles. Yeah. And that's just gonna, that's gonna just help everything 
behind you because no, sure. the, that's just you know the whole defensive point is the you know slow the quarterback down in his mind where he's throwing it to that's what Knowles teaches so getting to, you get an end that can get to him really quick yeah that just helps better and then if you with the other safety on the field i mean let's face it it's kind of like the same thing when you had the slot corner you got another set of a linebacker you know you got another more skilled guy that's probably a little bit faster that can get to that ball quicker so yeah only good things yeah and then uh he did talk uh just wanted to hit the linebackers because you know the linebackers have been it's kind of just the I had some good things to say about CJ Hicks. Yeah, he really did. And I, I mean, I, I mean, we've heard some good things about Hicks just from some of the reports coming I out. I think Hicks game. is going to get a lot of playing time as a true freshman. I, I really think so do. Too, but it sounds like some of the guys in front of him are really stepping up. I mean, you hear, it seems like Eichenberg might be going to keep this up from where he was at the end of the last season. It sounds like steel chambers is a starter. Yeah. I mean, I fi- to me, I figured steel was going to be, it just took yeah. It was going to take him time to get oh, up to the point. Chip Trainum lost yeah. his black stripe today. Got his black stripe off. Um, you know, it sounds like Taraj is looking pretty good in camp. So I mean, there's, you know, Taylier Neoteote is looking better. Cody's looking, you know, he's he's healthy this year. Healthy, yeah. So yeah, there's just a lot of things that they could. I'm interested to see if he can take playing time from Eichenberg though, being healthy. Yeah, because I think he is more athletic than Tommy Eichenberg, but. Eichenberg did come on a lot at the end of last year. Yeah. Uh, my biggest thing, and I think I think Coach Knowles knows this, is that uh, I think my biggest thing is I don't want to see big, like, line changes within games. I mean. We're ro- never going to see that crap like we ro- saw last year. Rotations again. are fine. We're never going to see that again. But in some games, if Tommy Eichenberg makes more sense than Cody Simon, all right. Let Eichenberg, if- they're not, they're not going to do all that BS personnel matching every single play like they yeah. did last year. I mean that that almost cost the Minnesota, and it did cost them Oregon. Yeah, like, well, I, amongst other things that cost them Oregon. Yeah, and but you know if if a game like Cody Simon makes more sense, then okay. If he's yeah. if he's good enough to be the starter, that uh, if the, if you, I would much rather say if they say both these guys are good enough to start, well. There's going to be games on the schedule, you know, you think about Notre Dame and stuff like that, that it just is going to make more sense that Eichenberg's in yeah. there. And then there might be more games that makes more sense that Cody Simon's in there. I don't know how all that goes. Um, you know, it, there's, and that's why when they talk about, you know, they m- might stay with the, you have guys like Court being, you know, more of a kind of a linebacker that, but he's also kind of a safety right. that, you know, that makes sense too. And if they're going to run some of the Jack and I mean, there's going to be times they run four down linemen. They're not going to get rid of the four down linemen. Um, but no, you can't your best recruiter on defense is Larry Johnson. Yeah. You better keep all his players out there, but there's going to be times they go with the Jack and the Jack's kind of like a defense lineman, also kind of like a linebacker. So there's, right. There's a lot of different things that they can do at every single level that they that they tried to do just with rotations last year and they can do it. Like you're still going to have your line rotations, but they can do different things in the back level. Well, no, and also said that from day one that, you know, it's not going to be necessarily changing personnel. It might just be changing looks with the personnel that's already on the field that yep. they need to know how to do everything. So that, I mean, that's important also. Yeah. You can't have line changes yeah. all the time. So but again, just uh, I loved. I mean, I really enjoy listening to him just because he's uh he really is like a math scientist. How they described him, I really do hope that it works out with him because I would love to see him 
you know, hopefully be in Columbus for a long time. I mean, he literally said that this is his, he loves this because it's like he, his brain's always going a million miles an hour. He's like, you know, if I am sleeping, I'm still thinking about it. <laughs> and, you know, where am I putting everybody and what are they doing here? You know, he did t- talk about, you know, they said that he's got about 25% of the uh, defenses installed, but it's moving fast yeah. and stuff like that. And I don't expect it. I mean, some people were saying stuff like that, that they still have a long way to go if he's only saying 25%. But, you know, I don't need them to be at 100% this year. I just need, if he's got 50% of his defense installed and they look a lot better than last year, then I'm, you know, I can wait for the other 50% next year. <laughs> like if they, he, he doesn't need to get the defense, even though he wants to be a top five, he did say that, he you said know, he wished Ryan day because yeah. they said he wanted expects a top 10 defense. Yeah. He said, I wish he would have said top five. I mean, if he gets them to the point that they got 50 to 70% of the defense installed and they are hell a lot better than they were last year to a point that, you know, you know, you're going to have a hard time keeping that offense down offense down then, you know, yeah, we can wait, wait for the rest of the installations for next year. I yeah, mean, something to be excited about doesn't need to be 100 percent fixed in one year. I just want it a lot better than it was last year. I, yeah, I think everyone's with you on that one. And he did say he did call Sonny Styles a secret weapon. Yeah, which is very interesting because that kid should be in two days for uh, high school football yeah, right yes, now. Yes, yes. Um, but I mean, he is an athletic freak. I mean, you watch his basketball film, you watch his film from high school football. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know if anybody's ready to come in late as what they should be their high school senior year and contribute right away, but he might be one of them. Yeah. And he, and he said that though, too, he said, he's like, you know, I'm not necessarily going to push him to stuff that he doesn't need to be pushed to, but uh, he, he's going to be very interesting for years going forward because of uh, just all the, He's going to be very versatile where they can line him I up. Bet, I mean, when he grows into his body, I'm sure you can line him up as a jack at different points, you know? Yeah. I mean, Clemson did the same stuff with Isaiah Simmons. Yeah. That guy was all over the field. Yeah. All right. Anything else? I'm good, man. All right. Let's Felt get- good to be back. Yeah. <laughs> let's get on out of here. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for stopping in tonight to the Buckeye Bar. I'm John. I'm Mike. O-H. I-O. I-O.